Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, member Spida Monkey, and that's S-P-Y-D-A-H, shares his brave path, which led him to move to Chile after graduating undergrad in the U.S. with limited skills in Spanish, a limited network, and no full-time experience. We explore how he eventually landed his first break, how he was able to eventually transition to investment banking, and what's in store for him next. Enjoy. Stephen, thank you so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Absolutely, Patrick. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. So it'd be great if you could just give the listeners a short summary of your background. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am a U.S. citizen and with a residency now in Chile, and I've been living and working here for the past six years. Um, I'm currently working in a role as an M&A associate for uh, a small boutique firm here in, in based in Santiago, Chile. And before that, I was working for a big five firm and for about three years. So it's been, uh, it's been a good experience here in, uh, in Santiago. I'm happy to, to share my story. Great. And so um, did you jump straight to Santiago, to Chile, right out of undergrad? Or was it something that you kind of eventually kind of decided after working in the U.S. for a few years after undergrad? And so I, I took about six months to, to come down to Chile after I graduated, mm-hmm. but more or less jumped down here pretty quickly. My thought process, was, my thought process there was really um, I wanted to learn Spanish. I wanted to work abroad, and I didn't see any company hiring me and then saying, you know, we'd like you to learn Spanish. Um, <laughs> can you please do that? And, and then we'll, we'll send you somewhere else or taking the risk on me and saying, you know, learn Spanish while you're there. So I decided to take the risk myself and, and make the jump pretty early on while, um, while my life wasn't quite set in stone yet in the, in the U S mm-hmm. and so that was, it was really easy uh, to kind of pick Santiago, Chile as a as a location to um, to move to, um, thanks to a lot of conversations that I had uh, before I decided on on my final my final city to take uh, to take all my clothes and, and take my chances. Take your yeah, it's funny. I remember when I moved down to Buenos Aires after my MBA. I just packed everything into one oh, yeah, large right. one large duffel bag and my computer, and it was, it was such an exciting time because you're like on that plane and you're like, I have no idea what I'm for uh, or what what's yeah, you know exactly. what's in store for me, how long I'm going to be here. Um, so it's it's very I, I I know that feeling and it's super exciting. So let's go back a little bit to um, just undergrad. Did you had you thought like, hey, I'm definitely want to go abroad? Did you do any studying abroad while you were at school? Right, exactly. So um, I studied abroad in 2011. Mm-hmm. I went to Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I studied there at the Copenhagen Business School and through uh, another international program. And, well, in Denmark, they speak perfect English, and it's a country of 6 million people. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't, there wasn't too much drive to learn the language there, um, other than the basics like, you know, cheers, <laughs> um, which is talk, by the way. And <laughs> Good to know. So, but they, they really do speak excellent English, and, and learning Danish wasn't going to open um, the, the world up for me in terms of uh, a whole new uh, 
continent, if you will, if we're talking about Spanish or, or something like that. So, but in that experience, what I really loved about about studying abroad for for that time period was it opened my eyes to to the beauty of of international culture and exposure um, to the world that really kind of changed my perspective on on what it would be like to to live outside of the U.S. for a while after after graduating. And did you feel like um like from that trip when you came back to school where you you knew you wanted to go back abroad when you graduated was that like you were dead set on it and you just didn't know where or was it something that kind of evolved over time yeah absolutely i pretty much arrived back and said you know when can i do this again and and where will it be and and so that's why where i started having almost well, a year's worth of, of conversations one first off with my with my classmates would all also return um, after that same period or after the next semester mm-hmm. um, from their various study abroad programs. And it was like, okay, you know, what'd you do? What was it like? And so it was a very exciting time. And, you know, a lot of things are moving and, and you know, you're excited to, to get out of college um, and, and take on the next challenge. Did you feel and pressure? Did you feel pressure to like find a job though, right? When you graduated? Cause it sounds like you, were you just like doing kind of, um, were you working full-time when you graduated or were you like, Hey, I, I know I want to get abroad. And so you took your time. And so, so when I, knowing that I wanted to go out and travel, I knew I needed to get, you know, put some money together. So, yep. so I did work and was just very straightforward with the, with the, the first jobs that I took, mm-hmm. um, my first six months after graduation. And they're, they're more like, uh, uh freelance consulting work and a little bit of working in, in a financial area for a um, aerospace um, contractor for the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. So so I was lucky enough to find like, more flexible work and, you know, just kept the, the relationship straight from the beginning that, you know, I had this this vision to, to travel and, and not to just travel for a few weeks, but to really go install myself somewhere. And people were, were super super encouraging and, and positive with regards to that. So it was, it was a nice feeling. How about your family? Were they like, why are you going to just leave and not be around us? Or were they supportive as well? Or your friends? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's it funny you say that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think my family was certainly a little bit uh, hesitant or, or maybe not fully understanding why it is that I wanted to, to try my luck somewhere else when, you know, I, all of them are there in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the other side, I think they, they could tell from the time I, I got back from, from study abroad and even before that, I like to travel. I like to, to see new things and meet new people. So it was kind of always in my, in my blood or in my, in my personality to kind of seek those, those new and different opportunities. And so while, while they might not have been 100% in, in agreement with my decision or, or the, what I wanted to do, yeah. they were 100% supportive in terms of like, you know, go talk to, and um, go talk to new people, go talk to other people that have been to where it is that you think you want to go, or that have experience doing what you want to do, and and that'll help you kind of form an opinion or, or form a, a, a more clear vision of what it is that, that you're going to go out and do. So you, you graduate, you're kind of working on these, doing freelance work to just put, get some money together so you can actually like get a ticket down there, get an apartment or whatever. And when does it come into focus that Santiago, Chile is the place you're going to be? Just talking to some, men, some you know, people? So, like, how did you even come yeah, across right. that? So basically from the time that I, I got back from studying abroad for about that next year, I was having a lot of conversations. And in my mind, it was really like, where in South America am I going to go? Mm-hmm. I, I, I had it pretty clear that Spanish was what I, the language I wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, my grandmother's from Cuba originally uh-huh. on, on my dad's side. Cool. So I had a little bit of, uh, a little bit of Spanish experience, but as I came to learn, once I arrived down here, I really didn't speak any. <laughs> it was like me. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, fl- my mother's Colombian. I'm pretty, I'd say semi-fluent. And I got down to Buenos Aires and I realized, wow, the Spanish is really different here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so. and, and it's different in each country too, right? So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you could be speaking decent Spanish in Spain, yeah. but that doesn't mean you're going to understand the Spanish in Colombia or Argentina or right. in Peru or where, whichever other country in between. So... Those are some things that you, you know, the more you, you know, the, the more you realize you don't know. 
So I want to unpack a little bit like um, the the decision of like the timing. So you you end up getting a job or an offer or you decided I, I'm just going to pack, get enough money, get over there and then start interviewing when I'm there. Tell me kind of how that happened. Sure. So I, I had a lot of conversations with people, a lot of coffees, uh, a lot of caffeine in my system. <laughs> um, but who, like, where were you finding yeah, these, yeah. who were you finding these, like, where were you finding these people that had like been down to South America and worked? Sure. Yeah. So I basically, I got to clear my head through a family friend that Santiago was, was the city, uh, like, like Santiago, Chile was, was the place to be if I wanted to work as a foreigner outside of the U.S. in South America. And, and he really helped kind of paint the picture for me of, 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 that, of that it was possible. Um, he had come down and, and worked for, for two years and had just moved back to the U.S. from Santiago. Oh, awesome. Um, at the time that I was trying to really um, define which city it would be and then focus my search. And so that I was lucky to have that conversation in December, 2012. So before I graduated college, I already knew that it was going to be Santiago. And I just went out saying to everyone that I, that I met anywhere, you know, that that's where I was going to go. That's where I wanted to be. And, you know, a lot of times people would say, ah, I actually know someone that, you know, traveled there or, yeah. oh, I have a friend of a friend that, that, that visited for work one time or whatever. And I'd get on the phone with them. Sometimes it would be very productive and other times it would be, you know, like, <laughs> no, oh yeah, I, I traveled there for two days. <laughs> but, um, but it, it almost always led to another contact, you know, yeah. once you, once you start opening those doors and, you know, you have a good conversation, the, the, it just keeps flowing like that. So, right. so you knew, you knew it was going to be Santiago. And so when was the timing? Why you're obviously saving some money to get down there, but um, what about like the job search? Like as a foreigner, right. talk, talk so, to me about that. So I talked to, I, I managed to my, in my search and, and these extensive conversations to start to meet more and more Chileans or more and more people who had lived and worked in Chile. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started focusing my, my questions and, and, in conversations and I was able to get on the phone with a few foreigners that are actually, some of them are still in fact living here to this day. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was able to ask and prod a bit more on, you know, how, how could I apply to a job from, from the U S while I was still sitting at my desk um, in DC. And, and the consistent answer was pretty much, look, people aren't going to take a chance on you until they, until they see you in person. Like, even if, even if you say I've got a ticket for such and such date, right? And I've got I've got an apartment figured out. They they may not want to, you know, go out on a limb for you, right? And and may not take your 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 interest in their company very seriously until you go knock on their door. So you did that. Um, so you packed up and just went down. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me that feeling. You land and you did you have an apartment set up through like one of these expat sites or something like that or what was the what was it like when you first kind of landed in the airport and took a cab into the city yeah um i actually did a little bit of traveling before okay before i went to santiago mm -hmm. um with a friend um just because i knew that once i got there it was going to be all business yeah and i wanted to at least see a little bit more of south america before i went to the place where i knew i was going to focus my my efforts yeah um, so I actually arrived, yeah, I arrived through, through Argentina to, through coming from Mendoza to mm -hmm. Santiago. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I set up, um, about a few months out, I set up a, a homestay. So I had a, an apartment for about a month or two set up already with a, with a host family. Okay. I knew I wanted to have like a host brother, if you will, and a host mom that I could go home and practice Spanish with. That's and great. I, knew, I was signed up for, through the program for, I think six hours a day of Spanish classes. In, in Spanish immersion courses. That's awesome. And so the, that this, was, this that is there a certain month. is there a certain um, company you recommend, or was that a good company? Like to get? Yeah, it was a, it was a very good company. Do you mind um, sharing the name, or do you remember? It's this, yeah, sure. It's called Escuela de Vista. Um, okay. I can put it in the in the podcast notes if you want. Cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, they're they're over in they're over in in. And so that's and they help match you up with the they help match you with this with the host family too. Correct. Yes, it was a package deal. You signed up if you if you chose so to do so. You could sign up with 
um, the classes along with the host family. And how much was how much was that? Wanted. How how much was that for like a couple months? Was that a curiosity around? I honestly honestly couldn't remember off the top of my head. Like, I'd say it was probably like between one and two thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. So not crazy, but not cheap either. So you're you're down um, there with your host family. Tell me about that experience and like the job search and how how was that going? How did you even know where to go? What to? I assume you were just networking at this point. Um, but were there like job right. fairs? So, Are there is there a job board down there? I mean, how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. There's websites like uh, trabajando.cl, trabajando.com, mm-hmm. Chile, Chile Trabajos, Chile. Okay. Chile and did you know you wanted um, to be in fine, like corporate startup finance? Startup Chile has Startup Chile has job posts as well. Yeah. Um, with regards to yeah, beyond beyond like job postings, I had already thanks to all these conversations I had. Prior to coming landing in, in Chile, I had already basically set up pretty much a meeting a day with someone new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would leave my my immersion classes in the afternoon at like three or four p.m. Mm-hmm. and go meet a new person every day for for coffee. And that was all in and all in English, I, typically, because it was it was most most of the jobs like they would do business in English, or do, were you trying to learn Spanish at the same time, like business Spanish? Sure, <laughs> I mean. So again, I I really thought I knew some Spanish when I arrived, and I quickly learned that I didn't know much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit of ignorance, but it's also a little bit of uh, just major difference in in what it, what Chilean Spanish is. Mm-hmm. So it it didn't work out to my to my benefit to to conduct my first month of of networking interviews with people in. In Spanish, so I, I I stuck to English there. Yeah, fair. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> it wasn't going to be productive. <laughs> okay. And I had to, of course, be respectful of their time. So most of them I'd already met through someone, had been introduced via email, etc. Mm-hmm. So they had a little bit of background on me, and I would go and sit down with them, and and talk about what it is that I I hope to do, and you know, they'd often give me, you know. Uh, value advice and and point me in the direction of someone else that also I could also speak with. So out of that first month, I was able to set up probably another three or four weeks at least of uh, informational interviews with people. Almost every day, you had a new one. Yeah. Wow. So you met with in the first couple of months like over twenty people or thirty people. Easily. Easily fifty. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> So you yeah. were just like a networking machine, basically, because you were forced to forced to be. Well, right. And I so, think that's something that that we we forget about when, or I have this very present in my mind that, that when I showed up here, I had no one that was was looking out for me, if you will. I couldn't turn to anyone um, to ask for advice or you know couch to sleep on. So I knew I needed to you know to hustle. Yeah, and so you and had you had so, what a, a month, a couple months with this host family that you had paid for, but then after that, you how how low was the bank account? Um, <laughs> in terms um, of like timing, like how much time did you have before like you would have to call it quits and like scramble back home? Right. So I basically had you know like seven months worth of leeway. Okay. And it could have been a, a year if I really if I really tightened up the budget, but yeah. um, when you're going out meeting people for coffee every day. You can't you can't restrict yourself too much because otherwise it's just not gonna you're not gonna meet people right so t- um, tell me a little so, bit yeah, about I think that, that really so. also helped push me to to go after to go after meeting new people and just you know having lots and lots of conversations and then asking for the for the next meeting with someone else along the way so yeah you always um, were asking for that next intro which is a critical step in any networking you're always asking to you know when you meet one person you're hoping to get two or three more people that you could talk to, right, which exactly. helped you kind of keep it rolling. Tell me a little bit about, um, like, how did you know you wanted to do finance, or did you know, or were you talking to anybody and everybody about different jobs, or was it was um, it all finance focused? Yeah, it's a good question. I I always had an interest in finance. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied economics in college. I was really interested in behavioral finance, mm-hmm. um, but I I knew also that that my interest was, was more on the international side. Like I saw myself um, being more involved on the negotiation side. I had this course that 
that I still talk about today. It's called it was called international business negotiations in mm. in Copenhagen Business School, and my teacher spoke nine languages. Um, and he played with like 14 and I just said like, I'm not going to be that guy, but I want to be, I want to at least be, be like that in two. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And so that, yeah. ma- that left a, an impression on you. So you, you were talking to people who would tell me about like investment banking, corporate finance, what, what were, you were getting some, some interviews around like people who are in corporate finance at specific larger f- firms. You, were you talking to any of actual investment bankers down in Santiago initially? Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, Initially, I would say the first month I actually tried to tried to actually stay away from it, at the risk of um, leaving a bad impression with my poor Spanish. Stay away <laughs> so, from what? Stay away I, from banking? You mean? Stay, not, not stay away from banking, but not not try and go for for the exact companies that I was truly interested in in the first in the first month or so. That's interesting because why I you really felt like your your Spanish so a little bit more ready. Your Spanish you felt like had to be more polished. To like in case they Absolutely. in case they started like <laughs> breaking into Spanish is that what you're worried about? Right, exactly. In case they, they turned around and said to me, "Okay, well, so you know, let's put the interview into Spanish and, and continue." Yeah, I didn't want to be staring at them like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. Okay. Fair. So you're taking an immersive Spanish courses. You're you're doing at least one almost informational interview every every day. Um, you're making yeah, new connections every weekday. Every weekday. Every weekday. Okay, so yeah, Saturday and Sunday. It's still a lot, but so you're you're <laughs> building your network. And tell me, when did your kind of break happen? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say I'd say I really started to feel like I got traction um, by like late October. Um, so How long was like, that? How long? So end of my second end of my second month. Okay. And that's that's when I started to 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 just like I decided to focus my my language learning in in interviews. So I I was no longer like I want to learn the colors of the rainbow and, and what how to say mountains. I want to learn how to talk about finance in in Spanish. So I really started to to hone my skills in, in Spanish for so, interviews so you're like focus on corporación and, y finanzas y trans y like whatever those all those words <laughs> and, exactly got exactly. it okay okay got it so you're you're basically so, yeah. yeah so you're so you start honing in on actually how to speak the the business language of spanish precisely okay. and and i'd already been studying it reading it um i read the newspaper every day too that was my other big exercise that I did beyond my my immersion classes that I took for the first month. Mm-hmm. I spent I would buy a newspaper uh, at the beginning of the week and I would read it um, front to back and just underline the words I didn't know and go back and and read it again and look up the words and read it again and then next week start over. That's great. And so uh, you feel like that was really yeah. helping you, like so gradually. That definitely helped to start like internalize and. Uh, a lot of words and, and also beyond the uh, colloquial way of speaking like informally it helped me to internalize a lot of the, the more formal structures of sentences and the way someone writes more professionally interesting okay and um so you t- so that you started getting more traction the second month but when did you actually get the offer or an offer absolutely the, the first offers i got were were in November and December that weren't from finance related companies, but were from people that said, you know, hey, I like your, I like your drive. We like, you know, what you're doing, but the jobs were, were working in English. <laughs> and I was so stubborn that I wanted to work in Spanish. This is three, this is three uh, months in, this is three months in, you finally get an offer, but they're saying you got to work in English and you're saying no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're like, I'm going to yeah, do well, Spanish. This is so cool. Okay, so you're, you're saying no. You're 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 at about three or four months left in your in your budget, but you feel like you're yeah. probably at this point. You feel like you're getting enough traction, right? So you feel like I can I can land this. Yeah, exactly. I, I was getting uh, the, the learning curve was still in my favor. I was still learning a lot of you know words and getting more and more confident every day. Mm-hmm. And and I I had some bad interviews, you know, just being nervous or mm-hmm. or that my Spanish just wasn't quite there. But those were great learning experiences, so I was building off of those. And yeah, I I turned down those those opportunities because I said, you know, that's not what I came down here for. And if I gotta go, if I gotta go home because I turned that down, I'm not gonna feel bad. Yeah. Um, 
I'd re- I'd rather go home and say I tried my best and and tried for what I wanted. And so yeah, my first job offer came in, in January of that year, and um, actually that's in that day I had two different interviews with different companies, one with a with a big bank and the other with um, with a tourism and, and consulting agency, mm-hmm. um, and they gave me the opportunity to work in Spanish. And you know, I, it was a great opportunity and. I thank them so much for having the patience to put up with my Spanish when I think about it now, five years later. And this is, this is, this place was, uh, so which one did you take? You took the bank job? And no, I, I took the consulting job. The consulting, um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The consulting job because it was going to be 100% Spanish. Oh, okay. And I was going to get to participate from very early on in, in doing interesting work. Um, they gave me the offer uh, pretty quickly, and and I was lucky to um, to work with them for for over a year. Um, I got to participate in contract negotiations with some, you know, with some big hotel chains that were, that were moving into the into the region, and and meet with some you know some pretty higher ups um, within the within the tourism and, and vineyard uh, wine industry here. So Interesting. That was a really good experience to to kind of get a taste of of what it was going to be like. Yep. Um, and, and and at a higher level, participate in those those meetings from early on was super empowering. And I think maybe it was probably three or four months into that, I did I was doing some market research and studies and stuff, and and that was actually published in um, in the newspaper here. Oh, that's so, that so cool. Was probably like my my most exciting moment um, early on within my first year here. You were like reading the newspapers and then you actually published something in the newspaper. And so you actually yeah. re- wrote something in Spanish. It was somebody editing that or helping you or did you just, your Spanish was oh, good enough at this point? It. Yeah. yeah but... the, the, the journalist will always edit whatever you Right. But I'm saying, I'm saying the write. fact that you could even put something together that they could even edit it and fix it is pretty impressive. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a it was a really great feeling, and and again, um, the opportunity that this company gave me to to go out and do that work, and 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 you know put the shoe, you know using uh, what's the word put the use my shoe leather to go out and and perform this market study, um, and then we ended up publishing a few more, and that really kind of it gave me a lot of confidence in not only my Spanish but in in terms of like what I was doing was was the was a good track. So tell me why um, why leave and, that consulting company? Why what was kind of what was the impetus of that that thought process there? And you were there for a while, right? You were there for almost uh, or a year and a half or so, right? And then yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. like a year and four months, something like that. Yeah. Um, the the real the real track attraction to, to that company was um, the relationship I was going to have with the with the partner. Um, he was. Uh, a very personable guy, um, very caring, mm-hmm. interested in seeing me learn and, and contribute. And I knew I was going to have a, a, a role in the company that, that would uh, be impactful from an early stage. Okay. Um, with these contract negotiations, meeting with foreigners that were coming, but also also reviewing contracts that were both in English and Spanish. Uh-huh. So there, I was going to be challenged from day one. There wasn't going to be, um, you know, any any easy steps along the way. Mm-hmm. And, but they were going to let me, they were going to let me, um, you know, take that, um, you know, get my hands dirty and, and take the, take the risk on me. Um, it was also a really nice time. So the experience I had, um, working in college, um, I had an internship for working for Hilton worldwide at the global headquarters mm-hmm. during, during my, yeah, during college. And so that was a really nice time to experience that I had already gained. Um, regarding international hotel chains and, and tourism, um, so it was a nice a nice time to experience I already had, and really kind of I felt gave me a little bit more in depth knowledge on a, on a specific market here in Chile. So and like something that I still you know tourism, real estate, and and um, hotels um, hotels are something that I I still. I still drawn in terms of the knowledge base. So in terms of just like, you know, it sounds like you were doing well, but what, what kind of was the impetus to start looking elsewhere? Did you start, it was, it sounded, you were just sort of looking out of curiosity. What else was out there? Or was it 
um, something changed with the business or you just felt like, you know, a change of scenery would be good for you? Right. <clears throat> so I think I was always, from the day I, I took the offer with, with them, I was always straightforward that my interest was in finance, not just in in tourism or real estate. Yep. Um, but, and so they knew that and they actually really were, were very conscious about helping me, mm-hmm. you know, um, take take on work and, and and certain jobs that were going to allow me to, to develop those skills. Yep. Uh, specifically in Spanish. Um, but also, um, let, you know, again, let me get my hands dirty. Um, but so they, they knew it from the outset that that was my interest. And that, that same day when I got, when they gave me the offer that I had an interview with the bank. So mm-hmm. that was something that, that I always was shooting for. Um, so the opportunity came up to, to jump to a, a more broader consulting role. And, and I went for it because it was, it was a time that I'd already been with this prior company for over a year mm-hmm. and it was a great experience and I knew I wanted to, um, to gain more knowledge on, on a broader array of industries within Chile. It's a relatively small country, but it's got a, it's got a very strong economy and a, a lot of interesting sectors. So I so, definitely wanted to, to broaden my the spectrum a little bit there. So you started interviewing in the world of finance. So you started interviewing and tell me about that second round. I'm sure it was much easier. You had a network built out. Did you feel like now you were ready to go after some of the companies you were afraid to initially? Yeah, definitely. I I had a you know a base of of experience on which I could I could you know explain myself and and mm-hmm. talk tell my story in an interview. I could do it in English or in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I had that, that self-confidence um, um, in both languages that, that I probably didn't have at the, the beginning of that. And what about, um, what about, your, job, what so. about your social life at yeah. this point? I mean, I know when I went to Buenos Aires, you know, I found a roommate, another expat roommate. Um, and so that was kind of an easier transition to have some a friend there. But did you have any difficulty like building out your social network there? Because I, I assume you were working what fifty hour week, sixty hour, not not like hundred hour weeks, right? So, was it uh, mm-hmm. something where that was a struggle for you? Um, in some ways, in some ways, yes. In other ways, no. I think I got I got lucky to have um, some co- a lot of coworkers that were in my same age range, and, oh, great. and they were um, cordial enough to to invite me along to different. Um, social events that they're that they were attending or or that we did inter-office things where we said hey let's meet up you know for drinks on thursday or friday um so i got really lucky with uh to have really nice co-workers and and people that i ended up i still have great relationship relationships with to to this day um so the social the social side i think as a foreigner in another country is um it's a it's a a tightrope in some ways because you um, you always are going to feel like the foreigner to an extent unless mm-hmm. you unless you truly truly take on the persona of, of someone of the of the country you you've arrived to mm-hmm. but at the same time it's it's a really gratifying experience because um, you get to meet people from a lot of other places a lot of my friends here are from other countries okay uh, be, because we can kind of relate on that um, yeah. Um, foreigners experience in in Chile Um, that said I also I also still have um, close Chilean friends Mm -hmm. uh, but they also they also they also have their their own social um, right agendas that that are you know with their family Um, and you know they're I think in Latin America specifically is a lot more focused on family than what we're used to in the US you know it's not so uncommon that someone goes to New York City or California, um, you know, out of college. Uh, probably less common to move to Santiago out of college, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're still you're still a decent flight away from your family. Yeah. Um, whereas here, I'd say it's it's far less common to be moving away from your family mm-hmm. that early on, or right. ever for that matter. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. It's a little more tight knit. Um, more emphasis on family tell me a little bit about so you you get to this new um you call it consulting kind of it's kind of corporate finance consulting slash you know um, as an analyst of of sorts 
Um, is that fair mm-hmm. to call it like that? You're doing some, what were you doing for them primarily this, this second job there? And you were there for a while. You were there Perfect. for almost four years, right? Yeah, so I was there for three, like three and a half years. Okay. So, um, and the, the roles, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, an like M&A or a transactions analyst. Mm-hmm. And and that's the when I when I came into the company, we we're actually working on a. Uh, I got to jump right into to the super interesting deal. I was, I was lucky enough to to get to work on that mm-hmm. and kind of cut my teeth on a on my first M and A deal here in, in South America. So that was super exciting. So was this like and a this is this is a company. This is not like a corporate dev position internally, like acquisitions. This is a this is a corp fence. You're like advising. Um, other companies. Correct. So it's it's kind of like banking slash consulting, you could call it. Um, Correct. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're there. You're are you running the model? Are you doing like international cross border type really complex transactions? Like what's what's the type of deal that? Um, I mean, you don't have to get into the specifics, but like, is it? You said it's like a really interesting one. Was there a specific reason it was interesting to you? Yeah, so I think the most interesting part about about this deal, without getting into too much detail, was that it was it was a carve out. Mm-hmm. So we had we had four different lines of business that were all being sold separately. Uh, okay. um, so that meant that meant four separate models and four separate buyers and four levels of complexity for, for you know it was basically four deals in one. Yeah. So it really was a great experience on that level. Mm-hmm. And from the other side, we had international buyers, obviously, um, in on the mix. Um, in addition to to board of directors, that was also um, international. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot of personalities, a lot of different culture. Um, I got to use my English, but also um, use my Spanish. So it was a great great to kind of bring those two together. That's awesome. They probably love the fact that you were bilingual. <laughs> yeah. So um, so tell me about your time there. It sounds like you you were there for a while. So um, what was the path there? I mean, was it very uncommon for them to hire um, an expat. Um, some I know you had been there for already a couple of years, so they had more comfort around it. But were you kind of a different breed, so to speak, as an analyst there, um, or were were there other kind of um, you know other <laughs> transplants there as well? Um, well, so I'd say I'd say generally speaking, like within within the big, big consulting firms, mm-hmm. it, it's common that they send people to other countries, but okay. once, once they've already made the hire, um, whereas I was a local hire, if you will. And I, I'd say, yeah, I was definitely a different in that regard in that, um, I was the one of two foreigners on the team Got it. and, um, everyone else were, were, were Chileans or mm-hmm. locals. Yep. So that was, that was something that I think, um, allowed me to differentiate myself and, and brought um, some diversity to the table for, for a lot of um, commercial, you know, commercial reasons or for business development. Um, I think it, it probably opened some doors for me and also allowed me to, um, to participate in more meetings than, than I would have sitting, sitting elsewhere. Interesting. Um, Do you feel because, like it ever hindered you, like just being not Chilean? Like in those, like maybe socially, I guess socially, it sounded like your first place was great. Was the second place similar where like you felt like you were um, able to connect with your colleagues or was it like less people your age and some more people with families or? Well, so actually, yeah. And when I was talking about the, about my colleagues earlier, I was, I was also referencing the, this position. Okay. okay. Um, it, it was, uh, it was also part of the team of, of about 12 people that, that were all about the same age range. That's great. And and the, our part our partner was pretty young um, mm-hmm. for he's pretty young for for being a partner. So that was um, nice in terms of having a little bit less of a of an age gap between the two of us. Yeah, for sure. It allowed us to to relate to relate better, and they were super great to me as well in terms of giving me opportunities to get out and get my hands dirty, and also my coworkers in terms of social life to say like you know. Let's let's all meet up on Friday and do something together, or um, sharing lunch, things like that. That, I, from my understanding, um, lunch isn't quite as much of the social hour as it is here. here it's, <laughs> it's much more, 
and you know you take uh, 45 minutes to an hour and you and you talk about things that aren't necessarily work mm-hmm. and you don't eat at your desk <laughs> and that's not every day yeah, but yeah it's it's something that allows you as as a foreigner to to get to know people and, and they get to know you and in a more personal way that's great and that's something that's i think really been gratifying and so tell me like it seemed like you were enjoying your time there when was the thought process of like, did you like, okay, it's, it's time for me to move again. Was it something where they wanted you to either get promoted or like move on? Was it just like a two or three year program and then you move on? What was the, the pattern there and what kind of prompted that next jump? The most recent one. Right. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, basically I, we closed out the first transaction that, when, that I was participating in my when I joined the company yep. pretty much, mm-hmm. and and we pretty we pretty quickly jumped into another one which was also with the the multinational that had you know a lot of its complexities and and I was I was participating on a high level there thanks to my experience from the prior deal yeah and already a built relationship with the team and with the partners and within the the different areas of the company because we offered a, you know a pretty um, what's the word integral, you know, uh, a package of services yep. to our clients. So, um, to work, to coordinate between the different, um, teams within the company as well. There was already a lot of, uh, a lot of trust in that, in that bank account, if you will. Um, so with, with that deal and, and moving forward, you know, I could tell that, that I was, you know, I was growing up and getting getting more experience and I was taking a lot more control and and um, you know I could I could see that um, there wasn't much more room to grow with within within the company itself because there was there one of the great things about about the about that position was it was a very flat hierarchy there wasn't much difference between being an analyst or senior analyst or, or a partner mm-hmm. um, in terms of Everyone no, just no pitched in, talk, yeah. Talking down to you, yeah. Everyone pitched in. It was more a flat structure, smaller team um, that you guys were working on. It's you know one transaction, so you felt like if I want to get promoted and I want to learn more and actually start managing, you had to move. Is that fair? Right, exactly. I okay. wouldn't say that there was there was nothing left for me to, there to learn, but there was. Um, it became apparent that that growing growing up meant that I had to to go out and and. And, and, grow, and to grow up okay so tell me about the interview yeah. pr- interview process for like the next stage and like you're obviously looking now for an associate position i assume um mm-hmm. is it like is the were you looking at investment banks now and tell me about like just that whole market in general like how is the recruiting even done there i know you said there were some job boards but i assume for for the investment banks down there um are like their bulge brackets down there? What's like the hierarchy like? Just to educate some of us on that, because I, I know very little about IB in Chile. Sure. Yeah. Um, so really, a lot of the the bulge brackets here have more like satellite offices mm-hmm. than they do than they do full time offices here. Um, that's that's not to say they don't have teams located here as well, but they also they also tend to spread themselves a little bit more um, thin. Yeah. Um, at least that's that's my perspective. Um, I won't I won't go into any specifics there, but yep. the the that's the the general structure. They tend to have like um, Latin America, ex Brazil, and then Brazil as their as their kind of two offices, mm-hmm. and that way they're not they're not really committed to one specific country because well, if you're talking about Chile as a whole as a, just population, you're looking at DC plus you know three quarters of Boston or something, seventeen <laughs> yeah. million people, right. So, so there's not there's not maybe the same there's not the same market size to to have to cover. Right. Um, it's not to say there aren't big deals big deals going on here, but there's not the same deal flow. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so the so the big the bulge brackets don't have as much of a of a market presence mm-hmm. on a day to day basis, and especially with I'd say in terms of number of transactions. Right. Um, I don't have the I don't have the statistics in front of me, although I could I could go pull up one of our proposals. <laughs> but uh, I would say there's a lot more room here, and what would be uh, what would be considered the middle market for Chile. 
mm-hmm. um, because there are a, there's still a big transition that's occurring right now in Latin America from um, family-owned companies towards um, um, like or family businesses that are becoming more professional. Yep. Um, that are looking for outside partnerships that are looking to, to expand through joint ventures, et cetera. So are they like um, selling to private equity firms in that type of deal or typically like just trying to acquire more firms, professional like professionalize or just all of the above, I assume? And it's, it's a little bit of a mix of, of the two, right? There's yeah. there's a professionalization of, of, of firms and then there's growth by acquisition. Mm-hmm. Or there's companies, you know, um, internationals or multinationals that are looking to, to grab a, a market presence and, and are growing through by acquiring um, local companies because they see a market share that's already interesting and they say, you know what, we want, we want a part of that. So are you, um, is your plan to, so, you know, you now an associate, you're at a bank and you're, you've been in Chile now for a while. Is it, are you, is your thought process you may stay there for your whole life or are you ever planning on coming back or is, do you enjoy your time there? And what's the thought process that goes into that? I'm, like, do you, does your family miss you? Do you come back ever? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was back in, in my hometown last month okay. in DC. So I just got back like two weeks ago. Okay. Um, I see my family at least once a year, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk, you know, fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, Long-term plan. It's uh, it's definitely uh, to be back in the United States. Okay. Um, I I think my my interest really here is to, and has has been a goal of mine since I arrived is to be to be more of a, a regional or really country level expert. Mm-hmm. Um, to to be to be that that kind of go-to guy that I'm sitting in in D.C. or New York or California, wherever it may be, mm-hmm. Miami. And be able to be capable to get on the phone with someone down here and say, "Hey, what's going on? How's everything going? Um, yeah. We're interested in doing this. Do you, you know, how how can we go about uh, making this deal happen? Or you know, who's the next person we got to talk to?" Got it. Um, that's something that that really appeals to me about about the experience I've gained here and the network that I've built. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of future prospects, like that's where I I feel like I. I've gained a lot of experience and, and a lot of confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. Do you feel um, like you're going to, are you going to, do, do you think like you're actually going to stay in like some sort of Latin American team, maybe, maybe U.S. based? Is that the plan or is it something where, um, you know, I say Latin American, yeah, South American or, or Spanish. That's you know, definitely some, what I have in mind. Yeah. Some team where There's, your Spanish can be are, utilized, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't. I didn't come down here to, to learn all this Spanish, then never use it again. Right. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, I think um, beyond uh, or beyond my my time here, I definitely um, there are things that like in terms of my goal to be back on, in the states working is that to be on a on a Latin American desk or with a team that's focused on on the region mm-hmm. um, that. Or if it's not focused on the region, that at least these deals in, that involve the region. Yeah. Um, obviously, Europe is also interesting. I've I've worked with with multinationals that are based out of Spain uh-huh. um, as well. So um, Europe's not a bad place, but my Spanish isn't as it isn't quite as useful um, <laughs> yeah. at a, on a European market level. Yeah. Um, as it is just within Spain. Um, Fair enough. But yes, yeah, so, I mean there's there's a, several funds out there that that have. Um, uh, dry powder that are that's you know set up to be focused on Latin America, and those maybe deals you know it's throughout Latin America, but those are where I think uh, where I see like a great opportunity for me in the future for um, you know utilizing the skills that I the skills that I built here. That's um, great. To, so do you um, have to contribute um, sitting sitting in the U.S. So um, I always thought myself, to myself also that it'd be, you know, there'd be a lot of travel involved in any case. So I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> so do you feel like um, it sounds it sounds exciting? So um, in terms of timing, you feel like you're going to be at your current role, maybe, you know, to put another year or two in there and then potentially start looking. And it sounds like buy side might interest you, um, specifically ones with a mandate to invest in, in you know, Spanish speaking regions. It, any advice before we call it? Thanks so much for the story. Any any kind of advice you would give to your younger self or anything that, for the listeners that 
you feel might be helpful if they're even considering potentially moving abroad? Um, you know, I, I got this advice from, from someone else, so I'm going to steal it from him. Sure. Um, and he, he's still a bit of a mentor to me here um, in, in Chile. And I'd say travel more. <laughs> uh, it may sound wild, but I think you, you can probably back me up on this one, that, that traveling really does broaden your horizons. For sure. Have you been able to get outside Chile a decent amount um, since you've been down there, or did you work too hard? Um, I've, been, I've been lucky enough to actually do a decent amount of traveling. I've been to Bolivia a few times. I've been to Argentina several times. Nice. Buenos Aires is awesome. I love it there. Yeah, that's cool. um, Also Brazil. Um, it's been, I've been to, to Rio. Uh, multiple times now and it's it's a great place really awesome people so that's awesome man. Um, and and that's not even spanish speaking there uh, yeah <laughs> obviously they speak portuguese yeah. but you know i can't i can't say enough about um the beauty that it is um to, to travel to new places and meet new people so um while, while it may not always move your career forward in a, in a more like straight you know straight upwards path Mm-hmm. To, to go out and travel i think that conversations with the people you meet along the way um really you know can help you you know get that get a little bit more clarity but if anything else once you're sitting in an interview with the with all the skill set you've built up and um you know to get um to get to where it is that you want to be yeah you can do the math you can you know if you can check the the technical side boxes you need to have a, a story to talk about. And I think travel uh, helps. Traveling is, yeah, is a really sure. fun story always, especially if you manage to, to travel to a similar place to the, uh, the person across the table. Yeah. You're going to have a good talk. For sure. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was great talking to you. And, you know, and it's been it's been a pleasure to be in contact and I look forward to, to future conversations. So, um, you know, thank you for, for taking the time and, and for giving me the chance to tell my story. Awesome, man. And thanks to you, my listeners at wall street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at wall street Oasis.com. until next time.